All right, well, welcome to Underground Podcast. Our usual crew of suspects are away this week. Ben is away in Toronto and Rylan is otherwise occupied. And I've assembled an all-star cast around the table in their absence. And we thought we'd do something a little bit different this week. I've asked uh, Josh Anderson and Jason Belgrave and Chance Faulkner to join us this afternoon. As always, our trusty tech guy, Malachi, serving faithfully behind the scenes. We haven't given him a mic yet, but we do trust him. You got a mic for one show, right? Okay. Yeah, we definitely trust him. So what I thought we'd do is we'd get these guys together because we've been meeting um, just as brothers in the Lord and uh, as pastors of churches in this city and as Christians um, over the last couple of years. And I just thought we could kind of discuss that, you know, the work that God's done in our lives individually and how we came to know one another and, and be connecting regularly together and maybe some of the fruit um, that we've seen from that. So this is a podcast that we usually do at our church. We're going to make it public to other people as well. But for those who don't know you guys, Jason, you're newer to the city. Um, people probably have heard of you, Josh, and from our church, and definitely people know Chance. But for the sake of bringing people up to speed and others who might listen to the podcast, maybe you guys could take a couple of minutes and share your testimony, how you came to faith in Christ, and maybe kind of fast-forwarding to how you ended up in ministry where you are and uh, whatever you're doing, whatever you're doing right now, we'll, we'll work our way around. So Josh, beginning with you. All right. Well, thanks for having us. It's good to, good to be on a podcast. This is fun. And um, I, uh, I'm a Peterborough native, so I was born here and we lived here for, um, for the first, um, you know, six or seven years of my life. And then we moved up to the Bancroft area and then came back again in my early teens, and uh, we've been living here ever since. So mm. uh, certainly know the city and love it here. My, um, my faith journey, I guess, maybe I think of in, in um, maybe a few different movements. Mm-hmm. So the early part of my life, I think of as kind of a season of sowing. So there was a lot of, um, a lot of different avenues by which God did that, but certainly in my home. My parents were both uh, believers and and, uh, and are believers and love the Lord, and we were often involved in uh, ministry in the church and in, and in summer camps in particular. So a lot of time in summer camps for us, um, and so there was a lot of a lot of input there, a lot of a lot of hearing the word and the Bible stories and learning about the gospel. Um, and in my early teens, I guess um, uh, somewhere in there came to faith, and, and like like a lot of us, not totally sure of the exact date, but um, that not really being that important. But certainly in there somewhere, trusting in the Lord, mm-hmm. uh, but really seeing the Bible from from a, a, a man centered perspective, I would say that that would be my, my language now for it. Probably uh, I then didn't really realize that, but um, as I grew up. Uh, starting to read a little bit more, and in early years at uh, Corth Lakes Bible College, a couple years there, mm-hmm. uh, really became aware of the the God centered nature of the scriptures and yeah. of uh, and of my role in terms of what God has made me for, and, and Him being at the middle of that in Christ in particular, and and uh, the doctrines of grace and Reformed theology, these mm-hmm. things. Um, so up until you know knowing a lot of the Bible, um, but not seeing that perspective or that yeah. dimension of it. Um, so that was really formative. Those years at KLBC were formative for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was also the time where we became interested in, in missions overseas. And yeah. So there was a crew of us that were really interested in, in praying for the Muslim world. And um, my, my wife Lori and I, and really good friends at KLBC, all of us really excited about that, ultimately went together uh, to work in Jordan 
and um, spent just about three years there in ministry, uh, doing church planting and studying Arabic and these sorts of things. Um, ultimately felt like that uh, wasn't the best fit ministry-wise for me, so we returned and we were uh, back at Braidwood, which is the church that sent us, where I'm now the, uh, the teaching elder or the pastor there. And yeah. Um, yeah, and that's where we are for ministry. So I think the call for ministry for us began with that burden for, for the lost, and, yeah. um, but ultimately a, a desire to serve the Lord, and, and we found the best outlet for that seemed to be in the context of the church, um, you know, teaching and pastoring and these sorts of things. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, so... Uh, Still growing, certainly, and, and uh, lots to learn still in the faith, but excited um, yeah, excited to be a part of this group, and we'll mm-hmm. talk about more of that as we go. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, thanks, Josh. It's great to uh, hear that. I didn't know you were there for three years. Yeah. I thought yeah, it was It wasn't quite years. that, but it was close. Yeah, yeah. it was a... Yeah, it was um, great. A great three years, too. I wouldn't... Yeah, I wouldn't, uh, yeah we really loved it there. And, uh, you got some and, good pictures. And loved the the people we were working with, and I'll, I'll return to that later, because that's yeah. kind of a theme for me. But, sure. um, but yeah, but just felt ministry-wise that... Um, that uh, pastoring and teaching, preaching was more, yeah. it was a better fit. Yeah, well, we're glad the Lord made that clear. And yeah, what about you, Jason? Yeah, I'd echo, I guess I'd start by echoing the thanks. Uh, it's just so neat. And we'll get into some of the, the way this all came to be, I know, mm-hmm. later on. But uh, just thank you uh, for doing this. And yeah, I guess I, I am the alien of the bunch, really. And I always <laughs> joke with you guys about that, where I'm still learning Peterborough. But in, in so many ways, guys, and you know this, it just it's very much home now for my family mm-hmm. and I. And yeah. we're learning the webs and all of those things, the different intricacies and how things are connected. Uh, but this is very much home. Mm-hmm. You know, my wife and I, City Slickers, right, born in Toronto. Mm-hmm. I went to school in L.A. You know, and we've done the big city stuff, but... Peterborough is very much home, and really the heart, and again, we'll talk about this after, right, for what the Lord would do in this mm-hmm. city. So mm-hmm. that said, uh, maybe not uncommon to many urban folks or city mm-hmm. slicker folks or maybe modern folks born into a like a pseudo-religious home, Catholic home, where mm-hmm. uh, spirituality is just woven into, you know, you just say your prayers at night, and yeah. Sunday you're at Mass, and... Um, Knew how to an awareness, but that would be it. Yeah, you know, culturally, and that that's what you do, uh, and then that intersection of going off to university, right? Yeah, all kinds of philosophy. I was a liberal arts major, so you can imagine all the the things that would have been filling my mind. Mm-hmm. Right? Is mm-hmm. I've got it all figured out. Mm-hmm. This ivory towers have helped me figure this thing out. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's where I was really for three decades yeah. and took that and, you know, and all my wisdom, my worldly wisdom and just started traveling. And, and really guys, the, there were two moments away, you know what I mean? That I would say, looking back now where there's a sense where when God's after you and you can't resist, yeah. um, you know, end of yourself, all of those things you could say, but very clear moments where I had no answers um, at different parts of the world, ends of the earth, so to speak. Uh, during that time, someone really uh, pressing on me the reality of the moral law, which we, we understand mm-hmm. in Romans 1. And uh, really, God, at that point, just gripping me in a way that I had never understood mm-hmm. spirituality or religion. Uh, same thing I'd say, Josh, you like, I don't know if I would have articulated all of those things at that mm-hmm. time. Right. But I just remember at one point, this would crystallize it. I don't know the moment, but something to the effect of, you know, God, if you're real and these things are real right? The punishment for mm-hmm. what I've done and all of that. And I'm in a whole lot of trouble. So that really came together in yeah. a moment where I'm willing now 
uh, to go to church, and, yeah. you know, everything from a mass to uh, whatever Protestant thing, you know what I mean? Yeah. That kind of seeking and not knowing. Um, that lasted for a little bit, settled into a church in the GTA. Yeah. Uh, and guys really was a nominal Christian. I would say that with all respect and force for about six years. And you know, it's a funny thing when you're doing nominal Christianity, uh, I was, uh, looking back on my experience, I mean, there's a sense where I had my get out of jail free card, right? I mean, yeah. it's just, I'm okay. Right. And I had a really good insurance policy, but you know, looking back now and you think about God's irresistible grace on those that are his, that is never enough. Mm-hmm. Nominal Christianity is just not enough. Mm-hmm. And there comes a point where you're hearing messages or maybe providentially hearing brothers encourage you and you're like, well, wait a minute, you understand the hypocrisy of nominal Christianity. Well, mm-hmm. I'm not living this. I knew the sins that I was bearing and mm-hmm. all of those things. And God really burdened me mm-hmm. with that. You know, I remember doing a church survey of all things and how are you growing in Christ? And I turned to my wife and I said, I'm actually not growing at all. And at this time, uh, and this is where I guess even some of the seeds of how we're here today, if mm-hmm. I can start pulling that together, uh, church plan, a man by the name of Ian Hales mm-hmm. was planning a church and really part of that first spring of that young reform movement, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and guys, it's the first time I ever went to this open house in a basement and had someone open the Bible and say, this is what it says, this is what it means, now we go and live it. Oh, I didn't know you have been with them since the beginning. Yeah. I didn't know yeah. you connected then. Yeah. So you connected with Ian when he was still going to York Region? So before Durham planted, like formally Even before that. I mean, we're in the basement of good friends of them, the Sylvesters, like 30 of us in a basement. Is this before he went to seminary? No, he had just come back. Yeah, he had just come back, and he was putting this core group together for this church that would soon be uh, what it was. Great. Yeah, it was amazing. So the reason why Ian is a connection to, to what we're doing here. Little did I know, and I don't know, Alex, if this is concurrent to you, mm-hmm. doing a little remote discipleship mm-hmm. with Ian. Mm-hmm. And uh, anyway, to fill in one gap there, so I was involved with that church plant for two years, and that's where the call really was formated yeah. as well. I mean, there was that proverbial fire in my bones, and Ian gave all kinds of opportunities to, to teach and serve and whatnot, and just became clear yeah. and having that affirmed. So went off to school. Providentially, it's a whole other story, landing here in Peterborough, uh, but heard about this Alex Klusterman that's mm-hmm. in Peterborough that is connected to my pastor, mm-hmm. Ian Hales. And Alex, what was that? I think soon after I hit the ground, yeah. we connected. Yeah. Uh, we connected a few times. And mm-hmm. one of the sweet things about this, we were talking before we started about how this is kind of surreal, but mm-hmm. we had talked a lot about, you know, wouldn't it be good to do something else? Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and hearing about Josh and hearing mm-hmm. about folks that, would understand and mm-hmm. uh, what unity must be based on yeah. Christ and all of that. Yeah. So really, guys, that kind of brings us to here, but mm-hmm. it, uh, a lot of providential landmarks along the way. Yeah. Um, but it's been sweet to see how it has kind of taken root oh, to yeah. such a point. Yeah. So. No, thanks for sharing that, too. I didn't know, obviously, a lot of that, but, but I didn't even know that you were part of Ian's thing since the beginning. That's mm-hmm. awesome, too. Yeah. So Chance is the... Uh, Chances that glue that holds us together. We're I'm I'm the ideas guy. He's the action guy. <laughs> so true. So so chance. Maybe you could share with us a bit of your testimony, how you came to faith, and and uh, yeah, we'll we'll jump into the connections amongst us. But maybe just your testimony, saving faith. Sure. So I was born in Peterborough. Yeah. To uh, a low income family. Mm-hmm. So my mother. I uh, was an alcoholic, mm-hmm. and I had eight sisters, four brothers. They weren't Catholic. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I find that hard to believe. <laughs> a ve- it's a very kind of interesting family because uh, my mom was completely against abortion, mm-hmm. and yet she was mm-hmm. a racist. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, you know, I, well, I look at sort of our uh, mindset and our culture today, and I realize, oh, we actually pressure people like you uh, low income, struggling with uh, addictions to to ch- kill your ch- your children. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, but she was she was completely uh, against abortion, and so I'm thankful for that. But mm-hmm. so I grew up in yeah low income family, uh, a lot of sisters and four brothers, and um, we moved around a lot. Yeah. So so I've been to most schools in Peterborough. And some that don't even exist anymore. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, know. remember when we would walk around town? You could almost every time be like, "I've lived there." Yeah. Like you can't walk around Peterborough Chance and not find a place you've stayed. Yeah, yeah. I'm just remembering like hitting the walls and like cockroaches coming out. Oh it's, no! Like, disgusting. Wow. And so, yeah, because my mom was an alcoholic, it seemed like I was really raised by my siblings. Right, and cousins and, and things like that. So whenever my mom wasn't on a on a binge, I was either hanging out with my cousins or one of my siblings was looking after me. Um, and so we weren't actually like a religious family in the sense of uh, we kind of made fun of the school bus that goes around and picks up the kids on Sunday, and mm-hmm. they're the Bible thumpers. And mm-hmm. but if they'll give us things, that's great. And yeah. if you can. Kind of send your kids for the afternoon or morning, that free babysitter, it's wonderful. So I got to uh, uh, do some fun bus rides and get myself in trouble and get uh, kicked out of school for fighting and, and things like that. But when I was nine, my, my mom was on another binge and I was taken into foster care. And so my younger brother and I were uh, put into separate foster homes and then I was put into a, a wonderful family and I was there for 10 years. Mm. She was a, a godly believer, prayed for me, uh, often shared the gospel with me. At that time, I was just not very interested. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but when I was in grade seven or eight, a youth pastor came along, and he was kind of a cool guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, coolest. Uh, yeah, the coolest guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so he started saying things like, oh, like we should go, we should hang out, we should go to the cottage. And I was like, whoa, this is weird. Like, cool guy kind of showing interest, like yeah. a, a fatherly figure. Mm-hmm. So I started going to a youth group, and uh, he was a youth pastor at that time, mm-hmm. and uh, started showing up. That's where I met Rylan and actually Alex. Yep. And, uh, and after a while, I was kind of joining the, the, the Bible studies yeah. and things like that. So I eventually kind of thought I was a Christian because I was doing the Bible studies, going yeah. to the prayer. And in one sense, the Lord really used that because it was kind of a leash for me. You yeah. know, the things I really wanted to do, I just, it kind of pulled me back yeah. from actually going the sinful route I really would yeah. like to go to. So Rylan actually became my best friend on that point. He was, we like to kind of tease, he was kind of like the Pharisee. Yeah. And I was the, uh, the tax collector. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, the lawless one. Just a punk kid. Yeah. Uh, better get in trouble. So at the end of high school... I decided I was going to do uh, go overseas to do like a Christian group because that's what Christians should do. They should go after high school and do some sort of Christian thing. Yeah. So it was actually there that I, I started reading the Bible 
in three months, I, uh, I'm going to read through the whole Bible in three months. And it was while reading the scripture, I realized uh, the depth of my sin, mm-hmm. uh, the depravity of my own heart, the, uh, you know, the just wrath that I deserve. And uh, it was through the word of God, that the spirit of God opened my eyes to see my sin, but the, the deep love mm-hmm. and grace uh, that is in Christ. And so really, I think while I was just reading the scripture, the, the spirit opened my eyes and gave me new life. And I, mm-hmm. I came back to Peterborough, uh, new, new creation. Mm-hmm. And from there, I did a, a one-year Bible program. Rylan came along. I met my wife, mm-hmm. a wonderful, uh, beautiful Southern Belle. And she moved back with me. And we have our, our three children and our fourth coming in a week. Yeah. And, uh, and actually, it was here that I met Derek Green. Mm-hmm. So Derek had been involved with my family in ways that I had actually not never known. But we, I was taking a seminary class, and Derek was part of it, and I knew he was from Peterborough, so we started carpooling together, and he revealed to me, oh, I actually know who you are, and I've been praying for you for a long time. And, and so we were spending time with him in 2000, when was it, 2017, June 10th. Uh, Derek has become a, a deep friend, and so we were spending time with him and his wife and his children, and just in passing, talking about the 500th anniversary of the Reformation, and I kind of in passing said, wouldn't it be awesome just to get a little conference going? Yeah. Braidwood and, and at the time the gathering. Mm-hmm. And uh, Derek said, let's do it. Yeah. Like, okay, let's do it. So I, that night I went and chatted with you, Alex, and mm-hmm. we uh, schemed how we would do that. And I, that well, every plan needs an ideas guy, right? <laughs> 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 So that was great. No, we, we planned the, I guess the messages were easy to do, it's the solos. But. Yeah. And then you had, su- you had suggested, Jason, we should get in touch with him. So I emailed him that night. What was it? I actually, 10.52 p.m. I emailed Jason. Wow. And uh, five days later, five days, I didn't hear from him. And I was kind of nervous. I'm impatient. Right. So it's a great... <laughs> so finally, after five days... It you wasn't got, you, Chance. It was me. Yeah, it was you me. Got, you got back to me, and I, we were thrilled, so... That's awesome. Oh, sweet. Well, one, comment, one thing I'm just thinking as I hear all this is like um, the power and the potency of God's word and the importance of actually sharing it, whether it be in a Christian home, in Christian camps, in Christian schools, you know, trusting the slow work of God to, to chip away and to bring life. It's the conversation you have that stranger, you know, like the moral law of God in Romans 1 and just what the Spirit does, and, and chance, you know, Christians reaching out to you and, and um, you know, in a sense, discipling you, and then you just reading the Word and being mm-hmm. given life. It's just an encouragement for us, you know, why are we doing this? It's not our influence and persuasion and gifts and charisma. It's it just means of putting the Word before people, putting Christ before people, and trust in the various ways that he does it, that he, he will use that in people's mm. lives. It's amazing when you actually get to people's testimonies, how different they are and, and the ways that God actually worked. So why don't we bring it um, kind of, you've, you've touched on a little bit, but kind of how did we end up sitting at this table? And for me, um, it's interesting, the connection with Ian. So I moved to Barbados, as, as our listeners will know, for a couple of years 2010 to 2012, and, and on a Christmas I was up here, I just met Ian at a dinner of a mutual friend, you know, in the GTA, just zero, like, didn't know the guy from Adam, and 
shortly after contacted him and said, hey, would you be willing to disciple me? And he did that like weekly and biweekly for months, months, months. And um, so when I, when I heard that Westmount was getting a pastor uh, from the same seminary he went to uh, with a connection to Harvest Durham, I actually emailed you before you got here. I don't remember right. David gave That's me your right. email, yeah. so I didn't even That's met right. you. Yeah. But I was just like, man, if we're getting someone else who's going to preach the gospel in this city, who's mm-hmm. going to, you know, respect the word of God, like that's an amazing thing. Mm. And so I just kind of fired you at like, hey, man, um, I'm Alex, kind of introduce himself. If you ever need anything when you get to the city, like just let me know. It's just a t- mm-hmm. touching base kind of thing. Mm. And we um, kind of, we started connecting when you got here, you landed and we went for coffee a couple times and just really... Um, just a lot of shared ground doctrinally and, you know, the view of the church and, you know, what God's vision for the church is. And just, it was just, I think, encouraging for both of us oh, yeah. to, to be like-minded brothers outside of our, our church um, that we could, who are in ministry, in mm. ministry. And then Josh, it was, a, I don't know if it was around that time or before, we went to Timmy's one night mm-hmm. and uh, Monaghan there. And I'd known about you for a long... I, I actually, at Auburn, I, I believe you gave um, a presentation or something before you went yeah, to Jordan. That's right. And yeah. I remember seeing you there. Yeah. And then I knew you were teaching at KLBC, and I knew you were ministering at Braidwood um, in different capacities. And through the student fellowship, Derek Green, again a connection, came to speak at least once, if not twice, and was just really encouraging to us as students um, and I knew solid people at Braidwood. Mm-hmm. I knew there's some really godly people and some really encouraging things happening. So we, I kind of reached out to you. Mm-hmm. And we just, again, it was informal. Sometimes pastors are the hardest guys to meet because you're, right. you're always kind of thinking like you're assessing. You mm-hmm. can't help but assess. It's what mm-hmm. you do. You know, what's, you know, kind of what are you, not what's your angle, but like what's the purpose of this relationship, right. you know, and what yeah. are we... Where were we going with this? And but we kind of just stayed in touch. Yeah, that was that was good. I remember because that would have been fairly early for me in terms of our work. At oh yeah, the church. Yeah, yeah it was so pretty early. It was nice, um, you know, to meet uh, other other uh, pastors in town, right? And like yeah. you say, to, to you know, this is this we'll we'll come back to this theme probably. Um, we talk about the the value of this group, but certainly yeah. to find people who are like minded. Um, for us, when we were overseas, that was a huge part of of the work was to was to work with people who um, had a common understanding of some of these core principles yeah. of the gospel and and um, and ministry is just different when you're working with people with whom you have that kind of common bond so oh, yeah. like you say when you first connect with somebody you're trying to sort of test the waters a little right oh, yeah. to get to know what they're like and, and what they believe in and uh, yeah so that was a good that was a good meeting yeah it's helpful that you're just a straight baller too, right? <laughs> That's right, <So>. exactly. <laughs> Friday night basketball yeah. for all those interesting. Breaks a lot of ice, eh? Yeah, Friday exactly. Night basketball. Mm. But maybe chance, so we could, you know, we're making these connections informally. Um, one thing that's been really encouraging to me, maybe you could share a bit about it, is just, is you talked about the conference, but we we started meeting regularly. Yeah. So how did, I forget kind of how that happened. Yeah, so... Um, I was actually going to say that. We were driving over here, and I was racking my brain, thinking, how exactly did that come together? Yeah. I, I, I'm a yeah. little... Yeah, yeah so, so is, we tricked yeah. you all into yeah. showing Yeah, so Derek, Derek was the, the Braidwood connection. There so it is. I, didn't, yeah. oh, I probably yeah. knew you, right. but I didn't... Yeah, that makes, some, that makes more met. sense, actually, yeah. 
So, so Derek talked with you, and then I had touched base with Jason mm -hmm. on email, mm -hmm. and Alex was in. So, and we're constantly at his house, scheming. Yeah. Always scheming. Always scheming, never yep. arriving. Never arriving. So many yeah. plans, so little action. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> so it was, so Saturday, June 10th is when uh, Derek and I had the conversation. That evening, Alex and I had the conversation. That evening, I emailed Jason. Five days later, he affirmed. And then uh, July 21st, 2017, we had our first hmm. planning meeting at Braidwood at 1 p.m. That's amazing. Yeah. This gives wow. you a little bit of chance. I, I, people can't see this, but this is so why this works with chance. <laughs> He's got in front of him yeah. a book and right. literally dates, times. Yeah. I mean, it probably would freak most people out, but yeah. we, we know chance and love him, and this yeah. is just so good. This is why, like you said, Alex, this works. Oh, yeah. It's the truth. Yeah, Shout out to so Dr. Good. Haken. Yeah. Sweet. <laughs> Keeping records, historical love it, records. Love it. But uh, so we started connecting, and it was kind of, we were planning this conference, the 500th anniversary, which we did at Westmount. Mm -hmm. It was a really encouraging time. The feedback we got from our churches was just really encouraging, you know, mm -hmm. and we were able to give away some books and hear some good messages. One of the most encouraging things was the worship. The worship mm -hmm. was, the singing was amazing, yeah, especially really, the, really the was, last yeah. session. There was actually kind of an improv. We had to fill some time or something, so we had a little bit of an extended yeah. set. And uh, I know the musicians came down and people afterwards, like, you know, it's amazing to just sing God's praises with, with brothers and sisters throughout the city. But that meeting, maybe Jason, you could jump in at this mm. point, uh, wasn't only planning. We also, you know, it's a time of encouraging and other things happen as well. Maybe just share a bit about that. Yeah, and I would say, Alex, I know we had talked about this before, coming into a, a context where my first experience in the Peterborough context yeah. was there's many efforts, there's many unification efforts in the yeah. city, and mm -hmm. being a part of one of those, well, a part's probably misleading, but going to a gathering like that and mm -hmm. recognizing right away, you know, we talk chance about Catholicism and you know, this is part of the equation there. And I recognize, well, yeah. where am I? Again, yeah. And, you know, you take the alien status. It's like, wow, this is going to be some really tough going yeah. here. Uh, and even getting anecdotally some things that were people were saying about Peterborough. And, you know, you have that kind of not full-blown Eeyore approach. Like, wow, okay, but I'm here providentially. And, yeah. and I was talking to you, Alex. And then I think that, like, wow, there is someone else. Mm -hmm. There is that radar blip. And then I think that, and obviously with the stuff going on in our ministries, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? It's like, okay, well, when we can. Yeah. But then Chance, with that email, maybe I'm trying to make up for the five days here, but trying to process, where is it, you know, is this really a thing? Yeah. Somebody who would care about hmm. Reformation heritage. Yeah. And is this really it? And and I remember, and to, to connect it now with that meeting in the Braidwood basement, just going there, guys, I got to tell you as one not having that mm -hmm. DNA, mm -hmm. not having the tentacles and the arteries in Peterborough, I mean, I remember going into that, if mm. I can say this, I don't know if skeptical is the word. Yeah. It's like, okay, yeah. I'm trusting you, Lord, and I, you know, yeah. Alex, give me a good vibe or whatever yeah. that would be, and and walking out just super encouraged. Yeah. And I mean, I remember that first meeting, Josh, or yeah. like, okay, well, I don't know if we can do it here. We're doing it at West Mound. And so that just, guys, and I think this is where, and I know, Alex, you're going there, mm -hmm. true unity mm -hmm. and true anchoring mm -hmm. can move you. You can move quantum steps in such a short yeah. amount of time. And I think yeah. it's a testimony of this group where, Picture it, the trepidation going down those steps and coming up, wow, we're hosting a conference and what are the guys going to think about this? You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. But yeah. that's really been the heartbeat. And I mean, there's yeah. th God has given us this trust yeah. uh, that's allowed and someone like you, Chance, that takes the ball mm -hmm. and moves it. 
Um, it's been sweet to see, and it almost feels like now there are many quantum steps each time. Yeah. To pick up on the first conference, I remember the feedback for the Westmount folks. Before I even could do, you know, I do my debrief thing. Well, what yeah. would you think, guys? What would you think? Mm -hmm. And what are you doing next year? Mm -hmm. Like, wow, we remember yeah. that our first debrief turned yeah. into, uh, well, we're planning for next year. And I mean, that yeah. thing just started to take off. Yeah, that. Pretty super sweet. encouraging. Yeah. And Josh, we've been meeting. Um, one thing we like to do is kind of have, it's like a leaders, informally leaders um, type of meeting where we've just been, you know, very informally connecting just to encourage one another. And, um, you know, maybe just speak to kind of what happens there, what we typically like to do with the papers, et cetera, and, and maybe some encouragement that that's mm -hmm. been to you. Yeah, and a, a huge chunk of that is just is really the, just the idea of getting together. Yeah. And that, um, that sounds like a simple thing, but um, ministry can be a lonely yeah. job. And uh, to have a group of people in town that you can gather with um, on, a, on a relational level that way and also with confidence that we do have in common these core essential truths yeah. um, that we stand on is, is, mm -hmm. a, is a wonderful thing just all by itself. And mm -hmm. so, so we do that. And then as part of that, we, um, we deliver papers. Mm -hmm. And so the, it's always wonderful to, to hear uh, an issue from the, the mind of a friend that you know has, yeah. uh, like I say, this, this common foundation and to hear them present on, on a topic mm -hmm. is, is great. And, uh, and hopefully that will be a resource for our churches uh, at some point mm -hmm. going forward. So that's good. And we, we sing and uh, we pray mm -hmm. and we plan and we try and think about what, uh, what we can do um, for our people and, and what kind of events we can put on, whether that be a, you know, a prayer time, the conferences, these sorts of things. And uh, yeah. And so these are, these are great. And they're really, really encouraging mm -hmm. times. And for me, um, you know, going back to our time in Jordan, a huge part of the ministry there was working with people that that we loved and 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 felt close to and that yeah. that was a huge part of ministry and um and i don't know yeah i think it will be hard to do ministry without that i think oh yeah um and so for me that's a big part of the value of of the group is is there is um there's just a kind of a pulling together uh, yeah. where we're heading in the same direction and uh and we can support each other in that and so i think that's one of the key things uh, in terms of the benefit there's a benefit to our churches mm -hmm. but i think the churches are benefited by the encouragement that we receive oh, as part yeah. of the group, and yeah. that's an important aspect of it. It's a, it's it's almost a method of pastoral care it is, for yeah. the pastor. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it really you is, know, and, and the and that's in the best interest of, of yep. every congregation. Mm -hmm. So, Chance, maybe I'll just close with you. Maybe when you think about the last, so 2017, it was yeah 20, 2017. Yeah, so it's a couple of years now, and uh, you know, what are one or two just encouraging things for you when you think about this and someone's like well what encourages you about it yeah you know, what, what would you say well we just had our 23rd meeting together nice which mm -hmm. is wow. just wonderful it's always it's it's one of the best times of the month to be like oh i get to see jason again I yeah get to see josh again like that's Alex. wonderful yes <laughs> <laughs> he was getting there he, he was, was lo he was looking in your yeah. direction he was coming he was, he was coming to you. yeah <laughs> we saw that it was <laughs> <laughs> what do you say to that? Um, yeah, it's just good connecting with the guys. Yeah, it's it's wonderful. And it's like we are part of three different churches. Yeah. And we don't have to be aligned on every little no. thing. Mm -hmm. yeah. But when I'm listening to, you know, Josh speak on the exclusivity of Christ, mm -hmm. 
at the first conference, I couldn't believe it. Yeah. Like, there's others. Yeah. There's mm-hmm. others who want to make the fame of Christ's name, number one. Mm-hmm. Like, God's yeah. word is, is our foundation mm-hmm. and our, our final authority. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I give God praise for that. Yeah. It's, it's mm-hmm. a wonderful, uh, wonderful thing. And, and Michael Haken in his book uh, on William Carey, it's called The Missionary Fellowship of Carey. He says this. He says, Christian missions and institutions, or in this case, just fellowships, can go sadly astray when friendship is not at the heart of them. Yeah. Hmm. And so when I think of our, our informal group together, I mm-hmm. praise God that we have a uh, kind of friendship that, yeah. uh, Amen. Uh, that, that, uh, that governs. Yeah. And uh, it's, it's the heart of... Yeah. We have the fellowship of Christ and who he is and what he's done. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, it's wonderful to be yeah. uh, together in that. Isn't it ironic, too, guys? What are we a few weeks out of our first kind of just, again, chance organizing yeah. a barbecue? And yeah. I think that barbecue lasted, what, three minutes long? Or certainly felt that way. Yeah. I mean, when you're yeah, in such good unity and fellowship, mm-hmm. you're, you're saying goodbye and you're like, man, we just got here. And mm-hmm. yeah, I think about that, that we're, we're good friends. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. there's this trust there where mm-hmm. I know I would echo that too, Chance, bringing that to the table each month. You just know you can bring a pastoral issue mm-hmm. and you know you're getting good friendship, good wisdom. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, you're getting the Bible there mm-hmm. from brothers. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's sweet. Well, that's a great place maybe for us to wrap things up and uh, just the foundation of the word, the centrality of the gospel and bringing us together. But the... the um, the value of friendship and these kinds of things and relationships only happen when you persevere, when you stay committed to one another, committed to the truth, and, but committed to loving one another. And uh, that, I'm glad you brought up that example. It's an amazing um, example of how God used the friendship of godly men to do a lot. And so many things fall apart because we want to do our own thing or because we're afraid of what would happen if we risk a relationship. And that's been probably the most encouraging thing to me. And, and we ask that God would continue to strengthen us and encourage us and build up our unity and that we would be an encouragement to other people in this city and above all that Jesus would be lifted up. So to that end, um, we're going to sign off for this week. Thanks for joining us. And uh, we'll see you next time on On the Ground. Thanks.